0: chapter 5 little sister snow this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer visit librivox.org little sister snow by francis little chapter 5 the following day a host of accumulated duties and various preparations for the first ceremonious visit of the groom elect kept yuki sans hands and mind busy, and if sometimes a sob rose in her throat or her eyes strayed wistfully from her task, she resolutely refused to let herself dwell upon the past. The marriage, which had been dutifully accepted as a matter of course, and looked forward to as a financial relief for the entire family, had never held any particular interest for her. But now even the preparations, which had hitherto excited her interest and enthusiasm, found her listless and indifferent. She would be mistress over a great mansion and many servants, and her days were to be spent in arranging for the physical comfort of Saito and the entertainment of his friends. The arrangement had seemed so simple and so right, and she had been gratified that a desirable husband had been found but now she could neither understand nor explain to herself her new and strange resistance. She only knew that for the first time in her life there was rebellion against the inevitable. As she soon rested her tired body before beginning her toilet for the afternoon, she remembered an American teacher at school who had been in love with the man she was soon to marry. She remembered how she had remained hidden behind the trees to see this young teacher run to the gate to meet the postman, and her own failure to see why these letters should bring such joy. She, with other girls, had spent a whole recess acting this scene amid peals of laughter. Now it all came back to her with new meaning, and it seemed neither strange nor amusing." She leaned her head against the open shoji, and looked out into the garden, radiant and beautiful in the high noon of a perfect autumn day. The working world paused in a brief sleep, and the music of the garden was hushed, while the insects sought the shadow of green leaves. Peace was within and without, save in the girl's awakening heart. Ah, Sensei, she murmured through her trembling lips. Then I make fun for your letter of love. Forgive my impolite. Now I the understanding have. Yuki-san chose her toilet for the coming visit with due regard for all convention. There must be no touch of purple. That being the color soonest to fade made it an evil omen. She selected an obi of rare brocade, the betrothal gift of Saito, the great length of which expressed the hope of an enduring marriage. As she dressed, her mother flitted about her, chatting volubly, and in such high spirits that Yuki-san's heart was warmed. The elaborate trousseau had caused the little household many a sacrifice, but the joy in the hearts of the old people more than justified them. Presently, the clatter of the Jinriki-sha in the courtyard announced the arrival of the guest. Yuki-san heard the long ceremonious greeting of her father. She saw her mother hasten away to do her part, and left alone, she sat with troubled eyes and drooping head. The strange feeling in her heart, one moment of joy and one of pain, bewildered and frightened her. No thought of evading her duty crossed her mind, but her whole being cried out for a beautiful something she had just found, but which it was futile to hope for in her new life. At the call of her mother... Yuki-san silently pushed open the screen and made her low and graceful greeting. Custom forbidding her to take part in the conversation, she busied herself with serving the tea, listening, while Saito-san recounted various incidents of picturesque court life or told of adventures in the recent war. After all the prescribed topics had been discussed and the farewells had been said, Yuki-san retained a vague impression of a small middle-aged man with many medals on his breast who looked at her with kind, unsmiling eyes. It was not till after the simple evening meal that Yuki-san found the chance to slip away to the little upper room which had been merits for two months. Nothing there had been touched for the old mother claimed that to set a room in order too soon after a guest's departure was to sweep out all luck with him. The girl entered and stood, a ghostly image, in the soft and tender light of the great autumn moon as it lay against the paper doors and filled the tiny room. Through the half-light, Yuki-san saw many touches of the late inmate's personality. A discarded tie hung limply from a hook on the wall, a half-smoked cigar, and a faded white rose lay side by side on the low table. From the garden the sad call of the nightbird, with its oft-repeated wail, seemed to voice her loneliness, and with a sob she sank upon her knees beside the cot. Long she lay in an abandonment of grief beating futile wings against the bars of fate. At last, throwing out her arms, she touched a small object beneath the pillow. Drawing it toward her, she took it to open the shoji, and by the bright moonlight, she saw a small Morocco notebook. She puzzled over the strange figures on the first few pages, but from the small pocket on the back cover, she drew forth a picture that neither confused nor surprised. It was the girl Merritt had told her about, the girl to whom he was going so joyously. It was a face full of the gladness of life and love, whose laughing eyes looked straight into Yuki-san's, with such a challenge of friendship and goodwill that the girl smiled back at the picture and laid it gently against her warm cheek. She sought out each detail of hair and dress as she held it for closer inspection. Then, replacing it in the pocket, she said softly, he have the big, big love for you. You give him the happy. I close my heart about you. On the back of the book, in letters of gold, she spelled out the strange word, diary. She puzzled for a moment. Then she remembered where she had seen it before. The young American teacher had written in just such a book, and when she asked its meaning, the teacher said it was her best friend, her confidante, to whom she told her secrets. For a moment, Yuki-san stood with the book in her hand. Then she said impulsively, Diary. I make diary, too. I speak my thoughts to you. I told you all my secrets. Maybe my lonely heart will flew away. End of chapter 5